Drew here. Just like to give you guys a little bit of a warning. This episode does contain themes of abuse, specifically physical and emotional abuse, as well as discussion of homophobia. So if that's really not your jam, then just skip this one. Enjoy the episode. I was the melon on the sofa watching it. She's like, yes, it's gay. I don't have to think about work or COVID. Welcome to Something Queer is Happening Here, where we discuss queer subtext in literature and media, because why bury your gaze? When you can dig them back up. Yeah, you know us. Hell doing. yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. Right, um, we don't have a May with us today because May is very busy finishing her thesis, which, uh, good luck to her. Oh my god, that is terrifying. Um, she's very smart and very cool, and we wish her all the best of luck. So today, I am joined by Maddie for our final episode of the season. Uh, which is very exciting um, and we will be returning in October for season two. Maddie, would you like to introduce yourself to to everybody? Uh, let them know who you are, how's it going, what's up? Hi, my name's Maddie. That's kind of all you need to know. They, she, as the, one of the, I'm looking for the word but I can't remember what it's called. Whatever. Pronouns? That's the one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's probably all you need to know currently. Awesome. I like I like the media. I talk about it. Maddie's also our um, dungeon master for our new D and D show, which I is very exciting. That. Yes, you, you do. Find- that. You do it very I well. Do, I do do that. Maddie, hi. Throwing you a little bit on the spot here, but when we have guests on the show, um, we like to ask them a few questions. There's three questions in total, and I would mm-hmm. like to hear your answers. So, first of all, question A. What is your favourite queer ship slash character who's like subtext queer ship and character? Ooh. Like, so they're not canon, but people still ship them anyway. Yeah. That's so like for me, it was like one. Morgana from Merlin because she's so obviously queer, but it's not like explicitly said. Like that kind of. That's a hard one. It is. I do have one which is from a very controversial film, so I won't talk mm-hmm. about it. But the fact that I think they're gay makes me giggle because the director would go absolutely fucking ballistic. Can I oh swear? My God, you have to, yeah, yeah, you swear as much as you fucking like. Um, um, you kind of have to, you have to say that. I'm really, I'm intrigued. I'll text it to you later because it's a, okay. it's a terrible film, and personally, in my opinion, it should be forgotten because <laughs> it's so fucking horrible. We'll not mention it, but. Uh, the f- um, sometimes I project onto those really old, old films because I know mm. it would an- annoy the director so much. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. I think what is just very queer is German Expressionism. I love German Expressionism. Yes, we're going to do an episode on German Expressionism. I know, I love German Expressionism and I will just look at it and go, gay. It's gay. Um, because it just has so many of those allegories underneath it. Of mm-hmm. that, It's like, yeah, anyway. That I I didn't really answer the question <laughs> because that I is don't okay. know. We'll just, we'll just say German expressionism. That is your favorite uh, subtext queer ship. Me um, ex German expressionism. <laughs> me ex German ex- so one hundred thousand words. Yeah. Uh, s- slow. I slowly yeah. write the essay, caressing the paper. <laughs> it's white. The ink, a glorious shade of black. It I've saved all of my me. sources. <laughs> I'm terrible at saving sources, honestly. Oh my god, same. Writing my dissertation was a right pain in the ass. 
So next question is your favourite canon queer ship slash character. Don't kill me, but it's Korosami from. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to kill you. It's they're they're the iconic. They're the original, the OG. I know. I think I have it written in my notes to mention them because they were so influential. Um. So Cora um came out when I was oh god I must have been 14 15 and I remember because like Nickelodeon stopped airing it mm. on like tv you could only watch it online um yeah and I remember watching the ending and being like oh that's really cute why is that making me feel a certain way um and then I like found all of these like Cora Asami like edits and I remember very clearly for like a few years I had this like Cora and Asami holding hands as they enter like the spirit world um mm. as my background and at that time I still didn't know I was gay so what the hell was I <laughs> I was like I just I'm think not gay really I'm cute. just an ally <laughs> this is Valentina she's an ally speak Valentina ally <laughs> yes I'm so glad you got it oh god final question favorite crack ship so for me this is uh Uther and Gaius from the best TV show of all time, BBC Merlin, airing from 2005, 2012, I think. Do you know Warrior Cats? I know of Warrior Cats, but it's like one of those eldritch beings that you know if you sort of look at it too much, you might go a bit bit off. Um, I am a veteran of the Warrior Cat. Ooh. Um, I'm here. And it's, it's Jay Feather. Mm-hmm. Um, like X, his stick. I I thought that was just so funny. Give me the rundown of Jay Feather and his stick. So his stick um has it's got like runes in it. Ooh. Um, and the uh, Jay Feather is blind. And talking about disability in Warrior Cats, there's a whole other tangent because I will talk about it and I won't shut up. Um, but anyway, he he can feel the runes and basically he can talk to the spirit inside the stick. And that spirit is called Rock. He's from the old people, the old clan who used to live in the forest. Mm-hmm. And he's so in love with this stick that people just like jokingly shipped him with the stick. And I thought it was really funny. Oh, that's kind of that's kind of cute though. Yeah. And during my very cringe warrior cat phase, I can't believe I'm nothing is cringe in this house. Oh no, it was cringe. Um that we did an animation thing when I was in in high school. I think it was in year nine or something like that. Mm-hmm. We had to do an animation, and I do it. I did an J Feather X stick animation to. I think it. Oh, what was it? I can't remember the song, but it was one of them very dramatic two thousands and ten songs. Please be like Angel with a Shotgun or something. <laughs> oh no, I I generally can't remember. I, I, it was it was it was a long time ago. But there you go. That's my cr- that's my favorite crack ship. I'm honestly so glad I learned this about you. Um, mm. I'm I I'm, yeah. I kind of respect you more now that I know this about you, and I respected you quite a bit beforehand. So thank you. <laughs> now that I've outed myself as a Warrior Cats fan, I will I will return to my little den. I I don't I read the, I don't read the books anymore. I have to put that out there. I haven't read the books in years because I found it so difficult to keep up. Are but they still yeah. going? Yeah, yeah, they're still going. They've been going Jeez. for years. I remember packing the books on the library shelf because mm. I used to work at a library and they were like the most popular books. And that I just remember it because it there were so many and like mm. it was just constant like putting the same book back over and over again. Yeah, um, honestly. 
Um, it was oh, what's her name again? She wrote Hetty Feather. I don't know Hetty Feather. Oh, oh God. Well, it was the lady who wrote Hetty Feather. Mm-hmm. Um, I was constantly putting her books back on the shelf when I would when I would worked in a library. Library gang. I feel like most queer neurodivergent kids like volunteered or worked at a library at some point in the UK. <laughs> don't call me out like this. We're here to talk about She-Ra. Okay. Yes, that is an excellent segue. Uh, Maddie, let's talk about She-Ra. Um, yeah. So this episode's a little bit different because we're actually talking about a canon. Um, well, She-Ra, we're talking about the, the whole She-Ra in general, but like yeah. she is very canon queer and and At least always... the, re- the remake of She-Ra, yes. I think, is more than the original. Yeah. Um, I mean, the original's camp, but I wouldn't say it was queer. Yeah, it's kind of that re- repressed feeling of gay. Where you kind of look at it and go, the person who made that was gay, but, you know, it was kind of illegal at the time. Yeah. Whereas the Netflix Shira is like that person's younger, like, nephew or niece. Um, (laughs) It was like, breaks through the the door and is like, I am gay. Look at me. I'm queer. Look at my, I love women's socks. (laughs) I have a buzz cut. Look at it. Right. So we're going to be talking about Shira. I'm going to let you take the lead because you seem to have. Uh, there's a lot of notes and they're all very exciting and I'm all very excited to hear about all this all this glorious canon gay stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Maddie, I'll let you take the lead. I love She-Ra. Yes. <laughs> Just a lot. It was like, you know that summer of 2020 where everyone was indoors and it's yeah. like, I would wake up, do some of my work and then for the entire afternoon, I would wrap myself up in bed and watch She-Ra. Just that was because... me with Zombies Run, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Zombies Run too. Yeah. I, I did that. <laughs> That's a whole other can of worms. But little closeted baby by me watched it in the oh. living room one time because I assumed my mum was at, was at work, um, like upstairs. Mm-hmm. And she came in very confused, seeing me like sobbing because oh. a catcher and Adora kissed. And she was very confused, bless her. And I had to pretend that this was... Because I'm not gay, mum. They, they, it's a happy ending. They're just friends. Um, but I think at first, before we go into my insane ramblings, you know that meme of a person with the chalkboard, like, and they look really tired. I think it's from the office. That's just me. Yeah. Um, um, but I, I want to clarify a couple of theories that I want to apply to to Shira. Um, which is um, users and gratifications theory and audience theory. We're getting into my my proper nerd stuff oh God, now. This is exciting. Um, audience theory involves uh, two types of audience: the passive audience and the active audience. The passive audience involves members of the audience that do not fully engage in the text and they agree with all the messages presented. The active audience, as you can probably imagine, is basically the flip of that. It's when someone engages in the text and gives their own perspective on it. Basically what we're doing here. We're active audience mm-hmm. members. Um, though the active audience model is generally most applied to modern audiences as the passive audience model just kind of assumes that all audiences are stupid and people are just melons sitting on the sofa. I was this melon sitting on the sofa when I first watched <laughs> She-Ra. I, I, did, I wanted nothing out of it other than the comfort of a queer show where the power of friendship kills everything and they play D&D and they're, they're all pretty, but not like conventionally pretty, but still, mm-hmm. still pretty. You know what I mean? 
Oh, totally. Like sometimes you just want to watch something that's like, I don't want to have to think about this. I just want to feel comforted and happy. <laughs> and there's Thank nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Thank you for my nice segue into users and gratifications theory, which oh, nice. is why we consume media for specific needs, like to find something to identify with, to socialize, to relieve boredom, to educate and entertain. This uh, lines up with um, the active audience model theory. Mm-hmm. So those are probably the two theories that I might reference, but it's worth that I am applying to those. Mm-hmm. But I think what affects my reading of the text is originally I was a passive audience when watching it. And over time I became more active audience um, because yeah, sometimes you just want to watch a queer show and I adore that about She-Ra. It's just so, so casually gay. Um, yeah. There are the, uh, the two, they're, they're the, like the main queer couples. They're both, there's both dad, it's Bo's dad, like, I can't say her name. Uh, S- Spinnerella and Natosa, um, mm-hmm. and Kyle and Reg- uh, Re- this is really challenging my little my little brain cells. Rogelio Re- Re- and their kid. Rogelio, that's him. He's the lizard. Oh yes, it's, it's Konosu because they have the kid of big bad evil guy. I can't remember his name. Um, oh yes, uh, yeah, yeah. In in that final scene, I can picture it in my head. Couldn't tell you. Um, and Scorpia and Glimmer and Bo, they're all canonically bisexual. It's not questioned in the show. Give that to me. And the characters are so happy in being themselves and they're so openly queer that it offers that form of escapism like referenced in users and gratifications theory. Um, a world where the present issues are erased or fixed in a way to offer a release from our worries. And sometimes that's teetering in willing of suspension of disbelief. And, you know, they do this with a lot of other forms of media, too. Look at, like, musicals, for example. They fit a lot of their issues with, like, songs and dances and never seem to grow tired. It's escapism, but almost in a way that's unachievable for people in the modern audience. Mm. But, you know, uh, that applies more to live action rather than She-Ra. I don't know whether there are any cat people out there or any pink people who can, like, teleport, but yeah we don't judge here are you pink can you teleport tell us because i want to know hit us up contact us at nerve storytelling noves oh never mind Kara. (laughs) you can do it you can do it i believe in you uh at noves underscore storytelling at outlook.com and we'll have you yeah (laughs) go drew go drew and i think what makes this show even more special to me is that it's a kids show. It originates on Netflix, and mm-hmm. at least here in the UK, it aired on CBBC, uh, Children's BBC, which is like the main media platform. And yet they aired it. Um, as far as I know, it wasn't consensual or anything. It was just gay and normalised, and it teaches kids that it does not matter who you like as long as you're happy. It focuses on the bigger issues, like making sure you're not captured by the horde or whatever a very big issue yes yeah whatever kids do these days now that's (laughs) my 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 main ramble over and we're going to segue into my hot take cat dora i i don't really like it that much (gasps) i'm excited to hear what you have to say i appreciate it for what it is in developing media 
and it's worth pointing out the relationship Catra and Adora had, albeit as good aesthetic and plot-wise, it's just not that healthy. Enemies to Lovers is like good in theory, you just have to make sure you're not teetering on the downright unhealthy. There we go. That's my hot takeover. Please don't come for me. Um, but you get shows like The Legend of Korra with Korra Sami, Steven Universe with all of the gems and the early 2010s cartoon that built the foundation, in my opinion, for queer media. Mm. Now, this is a tough one to say. Proves that it was profitable. People want to make yeah. a profit. Capitalism, you know, all that. But with queer media, sometimes it's not friendly to all countries, so it just doesn't get made. Like with yeah. Legend of Korra, it was an online streaming platform, not live TV, and in the final 30 seconds of an episode of a show. But yet it was the massive fuck you to the people that went, no, media must be a certain way to the radio to the wider audience and think of the children. And Korosami was even expanded on in the subsequent comics, and I hope that it's ex expanded on the scheduled Avatar Studios film later this decade. Please, so Avatar excited. Studios, give, give, make give them make out. <laughs> make them make out. And it's the same with Steven Universe. The team had to fight tooth and nail to get queer rep that they do, and yet it's still consensored in other countries. Censored? Consensored? I don't know. Word? Censored. Censored, there we go. Mm -hmm. um, like with Ruby and Sapphire fusing, in some versions of the episode, it's completely cut to a reaction of Stephen rather than the two rocks being gay or Ruby <laughs> is presented more as a male. Um, hell, and Rebecca Sugar was even willing to lose her entire show to tell these stories. It's theorised that a lot of the funding that Steven Universe had was cut because of the monetary issues having gay characters proposed and hey, i'm just gonna leave this off with our meme we all know the famous homophobic slug in star wars i love him <laughs> where they cut out most of the queer kiss with some key background characters to a fucking slug the mouse company presents itself as so accepting yet we have seen it with the owl house and gravity falls it's just not the case mm -hmm. uh, gay profit it is a whole thing anyway yeah. so um I can't remember the one of the characters' name, but I found a pop vinyl of her, um, this key gay character that was done so badly in the final episode of Star Wars. May we never speak of it. It was so bad. Um, but it made me laugh so much that there was a pop vinyl of this very minor character that was done really dirty. So I bought it and it lives on my shelf staring at me with its dead eyes. <laughs> like um, my only aspect is the fact that I kissed someone in the last two seconds of a movie. Yeah. And yeah. it made me laugh, so I bought it. <laughs> Wonderful. So yeah, sometimes you just have to do that. And unfortunately, that's the world we live in. Some narrative cartoons and films are a big fuck you to the system and unapologetically queer. And She-Ra is one of them. But you do have, on the other hand, on Netflix, like with Voltron, you have the blatant queer baiting. Oh my god, have you... Sorry, I really don't mean to interrupt, but there's a really wonderful video essay on YouTube about how capitalism killed uh, Lance. Oh, um, yeah. And it's... Uh, have you watched it? Um, Probably. Whether I remember it's, or not is another it's thing. absolutely wonderful talking about how, like, um, originally they were going to focus more on Lance and... Um, uh, what's his name? The other one the one he's Kevin? gay for <laughs> kyle i cannot remember okay oh my god i was 
Yeah, I was obsessed with this show and I cannot remember his name. My hot take is that I don't like Voltron that much. I just couldn't get into it. That is very fair. It's a very difficult show to get into um, in I the mean, fact that it's it's weird. Um, it's not weird. It's just it wasn't for me. I watched it. I watched most of it on a plane ride back because my friend was very upset. So I was just like, you tell me about your favorite show now. Oh, that's you from really the sad. I love it when like, neurodivergent friends are like just just info dump what you're talking what you're obsessed with at the moment and it yeah. just like cheers the other person up i love it yeah 10 10. so we were there it's on the plane sweet. it was a really shit plane ride home but you know they told mm. me about voltron never got into it sorry friend what is his name the, the ship is called clance or like i can picture in my head who you're talking about but you're yeah not the guy it. he's played by steven yen who i i adore mm. um anyway um <laughs> she-ra so, yeah, am really- i right yeah, Shira. <laughs> Sorry. It, um, and the Princess of Power, it builds on the back of these influential queer shows, in my opinion. Yeah, Andy Stevenson, he had to write multiple versions of the script to try and get the main cat Dora Gaynus, and he was turned down multiple times, and it infuriates me. Um, oh, but God. with what they had as a team, the relationship is notable and influential. It's worth noting that even though this kind of queer rep is in children's cartoon it normalizes this type of relationship of the gayness people are gay and that's fine you can be a blondie and a cat and you're both girls and you can kiss and that's great um yeah i don't really like the ship that much Mm -hmm. it's i just I, i don't think it's healthy people who love you don't hit you that's the end of it they don't throw you off of like cliffs they don't capture your friends they don't treat everybody poorly because they miss you it's i i read a comment on youtube that i think explains my thoughts very well if it was between a man and a woman this this ship people would be utterly up in arms Mm -hmm. and i think that's true in an ideal world this relationship should not be glorified but I, I think it's also worth noting with that user and gratification theory that sometimes people just want to watch a gay cartoon. It's escapism. You want to feel happy about it. And sometimes we face a lot of stuff as we open up our phone in everyday life. Sometimes you want sweet gay snog that makes you feel happy and fuzzy. Sometimes you don't want to have to watch another 80 episodes of the same shit to have one of them to kiss and then just die. Um... Though this is my own opinion. Uh, some view queer media through rose-tinted lenses. And yeah, I think no media is perfect. I think it, all media deserves to be criticised. Mm-hmm. Apart from German expressionism. My baby. <laughs> we do not touch German expressionism. <laughs> I mean, most of the films are actually quite problematic uh, through a modern ah. lens. But it's just like, my child, I love you, German expressionism. You are so pretty. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about German expressionism anymore in this episode. I'm I'm banned. That's the future episode. Come back for season two where I finally get my freedom on my German expressionism. <laughs> get my hit. <laughs> um, we're talking about Cat Dora. And how yes, we're talking like, about Cat Dora. I don't like it that much. It's shown that Catra is, yes, working on her issues. And Adora and she are bonded in the way that goes around and around. And Cat Dora has done some canonically terrible shit. <laughs> She's downright abusive, in my opinion, and she often hits, scratches, or insults Adora when they're friends. Yet, seemingly, this is fixed in a couple of ex- episodes. 
I don't think that the trauma that Catra has inflicted on these characters should have been dealt in that way. And I, I, I just want to run down a couple of the styles of abuse that I've picked up here. Um, mm-hmm. Catra is often shocked the door, uh, shocked the door with electricity. She scratches, she bites, she hits, she ties her up. Yes, they're on different sides of the war, but I don't think that can be fixed with an "I always loved you." People who love you don't hit you. That's the end line. They they do not mm-hmm. hit you. And emotional Catra often blames her issues on Adora, like when you know the world was ending in season three. I think corruptive corrupt Catra was yelling at Adora that this was all her fault. If she didn't join the rebellion, this wouldn't have happened. Catra often claims that she's she's sure Adora should just leave her and that Adora hates her. Yet Adora has to come back and be like, no, 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 I I don't hate you. It's Mm -hmm. that it's around and around. And then gaslighting and mental abuse. Catra often downplays her actions or blames Adora for what they've done. Like in the very first episode, um, Catra blames Adora, though one could read this as Catra and Adora just having a bit of banter. But Mm -hmm. I just, it's almost trauma bonding in a way. Adora and Catra have shared trauma in their childhood under Shadow Weaver, who was a piece of shit. I don't like how she was redeemed in the final episode. She's still shit. It doesn't excuse what she's done. Oh yeah, I yeah, I hate it when they have like the abuser gets redeemed or forgiven in any kind of media. I know. It absolutely grinds my gears, it does. And that's what I can see in Cat Dora. It's mm-hmm. even if Catra is an a victim of Shadow Weaver's abuse, it doesn't excuse the way that she acts. And she's even nasty to her friends in Traptor and Scorpio, like notably. She hits, she yells, she gives on a front that she just does not care about them. And that's not cool. It's cruel. I don't I don't I don't like it. Yet their gay love and their magic of friendship, it saves the world. And it shows people that being gay is okay. Big thumb up to the gay. And in the end it shows that queer media can be prof- profitable and should be promoted. And I think that's great. We need that. But on the flip side, I just don't think relationships should be presented or glorified this way in media. Like I said, a degree of rose-tinted glasses is used here, especially within the community. You can have your ships and sail them, but in shows like this, you need to represent happy and healthy relationship, especially to kids. Um, Like, gay, straight, whatever. You you do. I don't think you should t- present those type of relationships to kids in a way. Um, but I, I I do like how Cat Dora works on herself in the final few episodes. She gets out of her toxic environment. She works on herself mentally. She has her moments where she's healthier. But I think this is an issue with the pacing of the show rather than a malicious concept. And I think this again comes down to queer capitalism. I'm going to call it. Yeah. They did not have the season time or the money to build this up and i think it could have been a healthy relationship you can move on and i think i'd be proud of catra to have moved on from that but in the space and the time that we are presented in the show i don't think it's healthy um and though i think everyone being so excited that we got another amazing queer couple in children's media i thought it was generally good and enjoyable and so many people were drawn to how gay it was that we forgot that there are in fact flaws in the show. 
And that's okay. I was definitely one of those people when season five aired. Like I said, I was the melon on the sofa watching it. Just like, yes, it's gay. I don't have to think about work or COVID. It was great. 10 out of 10. But in retrospect, the this show is still enjoyable with or without its flaws. And for what I think, She-Ra is a wonderful show that I have enjoyed. But I also like media analysis a lot. So if I want to look at Cat Dora and go, hmm, I don't really like that a lot, I think I can. Um, yeah. You can have your own personal thoughts and opinions. I just talk about a lot of my opinions a lot, and I don't shut up ever. It's chronic. It's terminal. We love it. Never shut up disease is what it's called. <laughs> I, I think queer rep in children's media is like building blocks. It's a large and notable block that has been placed aside like other gems like Kipu and the Wonder Beasts. These blocks will build up over time and to prove that queer media isn't controversial. It's enjoyable and I'm sorry to bring it back. It's in fact possible. And then going back to probably I think even then correcting my own self in my analysis because you're allowed to do that. Correct my analysis gamers. But then again, it's probably not that deep. <laughs> it's a show where the gay kiss saves everyone. It's not supposed to be gone through with a comb like this. It's it's fine, but that's what we do here. Um, but at the same time, I just... Cat Dora didn't like it that much. And I think it would have been saved if it had that time and that pacing. And N.D. Stevenson didn't have to fight tooth and nail to get that representation in a show. Mm-hmm. We we will get there one day, sure. And today isn't that day, unfortunately. I'm sorry to bring it up, but you can have your queer show and drink it. That's a sh- terrible metaphor. It's gay. We're proud of that. And it's a thing that you can point out and go, it's gay. I'm happy with that. And, you know, that's as much as you can get at the moment with it. And that's fine. But it doesn't excuse the fact that I don't like Catra. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! So I was really excited about. Hmm. Uh, are you, uh, I don't want to like interject if you're if you've got more. Like, no, nope, I've like, gone through yep. my uh, six page notes. Six I pages thought, of notes. My god, I I don't know what came over me. I just woke up one day and I was just like, I didn't fever dream. Like, fever dream. I do not like Catra, and so I looked it up, and there was like other videos on YouTube of people were like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I didn't like it that much. I I think it's a more recent reading. Now that kind of hype has died down around She-Ra. Um, yeah. Because orig- originally that hype around She-Wa was She-Wa was built She-Wa. On- She-Wa was built on the fact that it, it was gay and it was canonically gay and it was safely mm-hmm. gay and you couldn't consensor the gay. Um and it was 2020 and everything was shit and people just wanted the gay kiss. And you know what? That's cool. It's just now that that h- hype is died down over time people are looking at it with a more analytical eye bringing it back to that you're looking at it through the the passive and active audience we've gone from a more Mm -hmm. passive to an active audience and then people watch it in the audience theory we want to socialize we want comfort we want that representation which is why we watch it um but then over time that kind of dies down and you get your big brain on moment on and if you're like me, you wake up at like 5am and you go, I didn't like write, like Catra that much. And you write six pages of why you didn't like <laughs> Catra. I, I Catra, Cat, Cat Dora. I just, yeah, there we go. That's my rambling. It's out in the open. If you want to cancel me, I'm Chaos Catty on Twitter. 
<laughs> oh my god. Um, please don't cancel chaos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I will fight you. I mean, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I haven't actually watched it since um, since the final season came out in two thousand twenty. Mm. Um, that summer, actually, and like you, I was also melon brain. Um, mm. This is amazing. I was sobbing. There's like Snapchat stories of me like sent to my friends, just like, oh my god, I'm in love with them so much. Um, Should put those on Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, I do find personally, I actually really like Katra. Mm. um but oh yeah there's a degree of reading her in a way that is enjoyable it's yeah. just at least but also she yeah. is a piece of shit she is she's a piece like, of shit like yeah my cat is definitely like that i love that she's characterized as a cat and she's not just a cat girl who's a oh, pretty cat girl massive tits <laughs> yeah um i can see my cat doing that and like experiencing the different ways like watching the different ways uh people sort of experience and deal with abuse whether it be uh, adora's like people pleasing and never ever wanting to say no or yeah the catchers like yeah, yeah the fawn and fight response that's what they do uh Dora fawns catra fight freeze fight fawn flop um so it was really good to see like characters experience um, especially young girls experience abuse in different ways and like grow and learn from that not that i want to see young girls like be abused but like grow and become like yeah unfortunately yeah. that's yeah unfortunately that's the world we live in you know and to a degree sometimes it's good to present that on mm-hmm. shows in a tasteful yes. way um i just don't think the way that it was solved in this show with a kiss or they 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 saved the world by sacrificing themselves. Cough, cough, shadow weaver. Yeah. I don't think that's necessarily a sensitive way to. I'm going to bring it back to one of my favorite pieces of like, um, like one of my favorite sort of abused characters who end up doing like the fight and like becoming, mm-hmm. not becoming their abuser, but like becoming sort of ba- like taking their trauma and like pushing it onto other people mm-hmm. is um, Zuko and Azula from Avatar. Um, yeah (laughs) um so the reason why like i i'm sort of comparing zuka and katra to each other because they both like experienced that Mm. that um that level of abuse and like they were often the the target child um which you know Mm. in abusive uh relationships especially if there's two children uh to one parent one parent the parents will often pick one child as like the perfect prime kid and then the other kid would golden be, child yes and then the other kid would be the target kid and so in both zuko and katra's uh experience they were both the target kid and then adora and azula mm. were the the golden child um so i feel like if if they had the time and the pacing to make katra like go through the same kind of ebbs and flows that Zuko does in his redemption arc because his doesn't take like a couple yeah. of episodes and it take it goes it starts from like season one and it he like yeah. full on redeems himself to like a little bit in season two and then he makes a bad decision because you know he's 16 and he's an abused kid and like he still wants his the love yeah. of his father and then he works extra hard again to try and like bring that up um I feel like if they had it's not solved with an I always love you yeah Aang. It's sold with, I know I'm shit, but I'll teach you fire bending if you need it. Please kill my father. Yeah. Also, they didn't, my... <laughs> they didn't try yeah, and redeem the fire lord. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
he was yeah oh my god we should talk about avatar at some point yes please oh i love it um i love it i love that show so much it's definitely my favorite show of all time it's that and arcane mm. my two favorite shows of all time um, yes arcane <laughs> i can i can talk about that in great detail as well Me too. But i think i missed the episode on that. oh no we're going to be doing way more episodes on it i've got my vi cosplay that i'm making so like we have to do more episodes on it. yeah baby um because i want to talk about like trauma and that and in, in, especially in mm. relationships with like the vi vi and caitlin relation anyway mm. moving on um so <laughs> like i feel like if they had been able to take that time with catra it wouldn't have been mm. so like jarring and the whole like I always yeah. loved you because you know you can love somebody and still be terrible to them as you say and I do completely agree with all mm. of your points the relationship isn't healthy if they had managed to take that time and maybe they yeah. weren't allowed to because they needed Catra to be the villain and also mm. maybe the I don't know what it's like in the studio but maybe the studio was like any time that Catra starts to sort of redeem herself and shows affection for Adora they're like that's too gay that's too gay for season mm-hmm. one of like a four four part season four season show where you only get the kiss in the final episode. Um, yeah. So maybe, but there was some kind of restrictions on that. But I, yeah, I completely agree with your point. It was. I think. Issue. I think there was issues, and certainly it does lie with the studios. Like I said, I called it queer capitalism. You've yeah. got to. Unfortunately, shows want to make money, and sometimes the gay shows just don't because mm-hmm. they're blocked and as shit it shouldn't be stop it it's like the whole rainbow <laughs> except capitalism. the gay we're not going away oh yeah it's like rainbow capitalism except on the screen yeah no. with fluffy friendship and I, oh I, my god they're just friends i don't want to be that person that's like oh but if they made things mm-hmm. like canonically queer they would get more people watching mm-hmm. it and I'm like, it shouldn't have to make money just for it to have good representation. Um, fuck capitalism, man. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the world we live in. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think this show was subject to that. Yeah. But then again, I don't know. I'm not a psychic. I'm just a weirdo who has too much spare time on their hands. We love it because your spare time means mm-hmm. we get to chat about interesting things like this. Yay! Yeah. I hope I have gone about it in a sensitive way. I think so. And yeah, if I haven't, like I said, my Twitter is free for cancelling. Don't cancel chaos. I'll probably, yeah. If, if you cancel me, I'll probably delete Constructive criticism, that's fine. Yeah. But don't cancel yeah. chaos. <laughs> I'll fight you. You can definitely, you definitely come talk to me about this. I'd love to hear your opinion. Um, This is like a difficult topic because a lot of queer media gets like uh, held to a completely higher standard than um like regular sort of mm. standard straight and i don't think that's what's happening here but no it does so, remind me not. of some of that kind of feeling that like uh, relationships have to be relationships have to be perfect or mm. um like there can't be any conflict but maybe maybe a conflict needs to be in a way that isn't in downright abusive yeah completely agree. that's what i'm that's what i'm trying to get at yeah i think conflict in relationships when shown in kids media is great you need to show those healthy relationships to show kids how to deal with those complex emotions yeah but when it's done in a way when uh, it's solving okay i'm gonna slap them now i'm gonna have leave scratches that's not a healthy communication method is it (laughs) no no it's not i will stand on my soapbox and I will say again, people who love you don't hit you. Yes, agreed. I feel like if they mm. had like 
if they took more time to sort of Mm. again we're just going back to the pacing issue if they just took more time to like have Mm. capture reassess the way she was like approaching things um yeah i think i see more of like the potential that Catra could have had <laughs> um, oh yeah and, like, i'm holding that in my heart a little bit and doing the rose tinted yeah yeah the potential of this show is amazing and i love it for what it is but yeah unfortunately i have that nerd thing to go to analyze it and go do i really like it yeah i still like the show i'll still watch it every so often and just go ah yes it's gay thank you when when it comes down to it um, when analysing it in great detail you can have that reading and you don't have to agree with my reading that my reading is it's just not great Hey, do you want to be a regular on the show? I'm really enjoying having these discussions with you I, I'd love it, but yeah, I mean, are you ready for more rambling about Oh my god, I'm so ready irrelevant? I was just sat here listening and I was like oh, this is a really interesting podcast Oh shit, it's my podcast <laughs> <laughs> Wow <laughs> um no it's i will i will come and do insane ramblings anytime you want please i really want to do um your episode on like disability and neurodivergency Woo! that would just be so cool um i will take the media up in my teeth and i will rip it apart like a melon i should get you to read my book when it's done <laughs> oh please yeah. i will do that i want it to be torn apart just absolutely shredded to pieces and I will do that. Thank you. I, I will be very grateful for it. Um, side I mean, obviously, note. I'm not going to be mean about it. But oh, no. Like, be mean about it. It's fine. I can take it. Um, Drew, 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 Drew smells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, side note. Know. What's your favorite? Who's your favorite actual? Who's your favorite Shira character? Um, Entraptor. Yeah. I just look at go. I point and go. Neurodivergent Blobo. Oh yeah, she's come to a, me. Such a little neurodivergent kid, isn't she? Um, yeah. I remember when I first watched it. I remember I found her really annoying because I was like, mm. oh, she's so annoying. And then I realized the reason I found her annoying is because she does a lot of things that I do. And now yeah. I just got my autism diagnosis. So dabs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at her and I realized, oh damn, she's just like me. Yeah. And I just went, okay. I'm going to run with this. You're my friend now. Yeah. We're going to have soft tacos later. Soft tacos? <laughs> soft tacos later? Yeah. She is wonderful. I Yeah, that's my favourite character. Oh, and the horse. Can't remember what it's called. Love the horse. It's a very gay horse. It's a very gay horse. I love the horse. I, love the horse, I also yeah. love unicorns. Mm-hmm. Flying I unicorns. Yeah. I'm tempted to call them an alicorn. But that just shows my deep and traumatic past, which I shouldn't talk about. An alicorn? Oh no, you don't know? <laughs> no. The glorious My Little Pony. I was never in My Little Pony. Oh no. no. Let's move on quickly. Okay. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho. Cringe culture is dead. Cringe culture but is I dead. I look at some of those, the fandom during its peak, and I was there, and it was just like, damn. Yeah. If it helps anyone understand how deep I was in the Warrior Cats fandom, I was on Warrior Cat Amino. <gasps> I was on Oh my god, I've never my little pony oh god. Amino. Oh god, I are was you there. okay? Are you No <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. That's I'm a joke. Sorry for laughing at your pain. <laughs> you were on Amino. <laughs> I was. I wasn't there for the implosion, but I was there. Now I feel like 
the most cringe thing I'm into is Zombies Run, but that's not even that cringe. No, it's not cringe culture is dead. I think it's just weird, like, when you describe it to people. They're like, oh, what's the show Mm. you're really into? And I'm like, oh, no, it's a running app. I'm like, oh? And he's like, yeah, it's a running app with stories. Um, I'm Mm. in love with the main character. (laughs) Oh, yes. They're like, Samicus Yao. It's a running app? (laughs) Yeah, trying to explain that to people. Um, I wore my Zombies Run jumper mm. to a show once. Um, I was I was stage manager, so I was there in my little Zombies Run oh. jumper when it was cold outside. And someone pointed at it and went, it's got a gay flag on it. And I went, ooh, someone else to join. Drink the Kool-Aid, my child. <laughs> Start the running app. That is a show that has got a, like, I just melon consume it. Because if you even start trying to analyse it, it just falls apart entirely. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's the great thing about it. But we're not here. Yeah, I think they even have a Shira in Zombies Run that Maxine talks about. Yes, it's a very yeah, it's a very niche reference to go back in. Like it's like season three or season four. It's when I uh, love uh, right yeah Paula and Maxine. Amazing. This is turning into a Shira x Zombies Run yes x cursed fandom episode. Yes. I want an Ao3 fanfic about those (laughs) don't i should just stop no don't stop i'm enjoying this but yeah i I feel like is it paula she mentioned she-ra but this is before the show like the netflix Mm. show yeah they mention it but it's under a different name because they can't yeah it's like how they have demons and darkness instead of dungeons and dragons you can yeah oh my god i love it i love that i love that little 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 running app with all my blobos in there oh yes my little blobos i hold them and i squeeze them (laughs) Like, and they go squish squish and they go meow and they go squish squish and then I read fanfic and then I cry Maddie yeah I love you you're so fun to talk to thank you you're amazing yeah if you want more insane ramblings I am cats out of the bag on tumblr I post a lot of my insane ramblings on there um thank you so much for joining us Maddie you've you're been welcome. wonderful Thanks I cannot wait me. to have you on the show again should we say the bye-byes Yes, we should say the bye byes. Bye bye, queer people. For joining us. Stay queer. This podcast is a no storytelling production. It is produced and edited by Me Too Dick and hosted by Drew Frankie Victory and Me Too Dick. If you want to support us, please recommend us to your friends, follow notes on social media, and consider subscribing to our Patreon. All the links will be in the show notes. Thanks for listening.